we begin this podcast as we get ready to explore who's going to stay and who's going to go on the Phoenix Suns roster by congratulating the Denver Nuggets. Yes, the Denver Nuggets, who beat the Suns six in six games, four games to two, and ended our season, are forcing us to do this podcast right here, right now, have swept the Lakers, winning tonight 114 to 111, and they are making their first ever NBA Finals appearance. Matthew, congrats to the Nuggets, correct? Yeah, absolutely. This is uh, this is huge for them. You like to see those those franchises make it for the first time. Nothing better, especially when you're beating, uh, you know, LeBron James and Anthony Davis. I I think what we learned from these playoffs are like the players that are just old, the ones that are fragile. They just got pushed to the side. It's like all these guys are just hanging in there by a thread, or they're just already almost forty years old. It's like get the fuck out of here. These young it's, teams, these young superstars, really took over this year, especially this postseason. So it was great to watch. I thought. Yeah, I'm not. I have no no sports love for the Lakers, and yes, low Suns. The Nuggets are winning a title potentially before us, and that might be the case. But I'm happy to see the Lakers go. I'm happy to see. I think the, the thing I was happiest to see tonight was the fact that it felt like the NBA was just a little less scripted, Matthew. Because everything says, you know what? We know that the Nuggets are better than the Lakers. The Lakers are the seven seed. There's, they're, they're getting just thwomped this entire series. Yeah. But the script of the NBA says, you know what? The, the, the Nuggets are going to drop this one. The Lakers are going to win this one at home and force a game five simply for the NBA revenue reasons. Right. But here we are, they've swept the Celtics are one game away from getting swept. This is insane, man. This has actually been, I don't know how much you've been watching, but I've thoroughly been enjoying it. Yeah, no, I, I totally enjoy it. I'm a big Jimmy Butler guy. I think, you know, remember the days where he was, you know, rumored to be a son, you know, those days where it's like, where's he going to go? Can Phoenix be a destination? Could you imagine him and Booker? together i know we have kd right now him and booker two guys that just don't give a fuck and just yes. roll you Shit over talkers. unless it's a big game for booker um <laughs> those two together would have been great to watch um i love it and i think that ratings is one thing but i think everyone is really believing in the whole miami heat thing and the nuggets are just a phenomenal team you want to see two teams that are competitive that gave that get up for big games and not going to give up like the celtics have and you yeah. want that competition in the finals. I don't care if it's heat in the nuggets and it looks bad. The logos look bad. The color maturation, all that looks bad. It's going to be great talent on the court. Fierce, fierce competition. I think it's going to be great basketball. And for those of us who are basketball fans, we will tune in simply because of that, because it's not going to be national media narrative, mono mono. This is team basketball versus team basketball. Now, obviously, the Heat have not advanced to the NBA Finals as of yet, but they are up 3-0, and no team has come back in the history of the NBA down 0-3 to win the series. If any team is going to do it, it's going to be a team from Boston because in 2004, the Boston Red Sox did the same thing, but I don't think any of us are really going to see that happening, are we? No, no. I think we got what we wanted. I think it's, it's, it's fine the way it is. I think maybe because of the script thing, it had to – they kind of kind of tone it down a notch, you know, like kind of like when COVID came and, you know, there's too much happening in the, uh, oh, never mind, where they had to cover stuff up because of COVID because it was getting yeah. 
Hollywood was getting a little too crazy. Same thing with this whole thing of, you know, scription, uh, uh, scriptures, <laughs> that this thing was scripted. You know, if it's scripted, it's like, all right, well, maybe it's not because the Lakers and Celtics have to go. And I think the thing is with the Lakers too, LeBron and AD just didn't have enough. I think they really tried to, but you even saw in the last shot attempt by LeBron, the lift, everything, a struggle. So it's good to have that gone because I can't watch it anymore. I love LeBron, but that's not LeBron. And then he just doesn't have the energy to put up another series. No, no way. And not against, again, a team like that. And I was watching mm-hmm. that last play with with a, a rooting interest because I put some money down on this game on DraftKings. And yeah, to, to all of the Suns fans out there, we just want to take a second and make sure you take advantage of an amazing opportunity from DraftKings. If you're a new user, you can receive an incredible offer. Deposit and place a $5 wager on any sport, and you'll instantly get $150 in bonus bets added to your account. Win or lose, you'll still receive the bonus. And that's all you have to do is use promo code SUNSJAM. It's a great way to support the podcast, and you might be a little bit hesitant, but I'll tell you, as somebody who is a veteran of betting, don't be. When you ha- when you get these little deals, you got to take advantage of them, right? And if you haven't signed up for DraftKings yet, please consider doing so using code SUNSJAM to place your first bet. What I did yesterday is I put down, they have these same game parlay NBA boost things. And if you put down three uh, a three-legged same game parlay on any bet, parlay on any game, you, you up to $10, they'll reimburse you if it doesn't hit. And then what you do the next day is you take that $10 and then you just throw it at a different bet that doesn't necessarily have to be a parlay. So oh, nice. I, I put one together on the, on the Celtics and the Heat and I missed. I had Malcolm Brogdon scoring 11 points last night. He scored zero. So I lost that one. So on this one, I, I had a two-legged parlay. And I put the $10 bonus that bet down on the fact that Denver would win. They were like plus 190 to win. I was like, or plus 134, 130, something like that. I'm like, what? They're not favored to win? NBA script. And I chose the under on total points. The total, 225.5. The total of this game, 224. Had Jamal Murray or LeBron James made that final shot, it would have been 226 and I would have lost. So, it was fun watching it down there, and that's what it's about. That's, that's what. Makes... So that's why you're having a good time, huh? Yeah, that's well, why that's, you're having a good time. Well, okay. It's it's ten bucks. Like it's just I don't. Yeah. I'm not an aggressive gambler. I throw a couple bucks here, a couple there. It just it takes a game like tonight. It makes it a little bit more fun. So again, this offer using promo code Suns Jam is available only for new customers who are 21 and over and physically present in Arizona. And please, please gamble responsibly, like I do. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants to help, call one eight hundred Next Step. What are you waiting for? Head to DraftKings.com and take advantage of this opportunity today. All right. So plenty to talk about on this edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast. We are going to be breaking down the new CBA, trying to make some sense of it so you have a good understanding, Jamsters, of what what it is and what it means and how it would affect this roster moving forward. And then we're literally going to go through the entire Suns roster, the 2022-2023 Phoenix Suns. And we're going to say two different things with them, right? Do we want to keep them, and should the Suns keep them? It could be two different things. There could be guys where like, dude, we really like that guy, but he got to go. It might be vice versa. It's like, he got to go, but I know that the Suns are going to keep him. So we're going to talk about all of that and more on this edition of the Suns Jam Session Podcast. So as per usual, please give us a thumbs up if you're watching at any point, and if you're listening, give us a five-star review. Matthew, again, it is the summer of the Moscow Mule, and I've got my Fever Tree premium ginger beer. Matthew just put on his grandpa glasses, so I'm going to try to open this bad boy. Here we go. Got the the copper mug with some vodka oh, and, and some ju- lime juice already in it. Cool. 
doesn't that sound so good? Sounds delicious. Sounds like you're peeing. I love it. Oh, that's some good ASMR right there. Let's uh, let's go ahead and start, start the pod. We're going to get into it. We're going to start talking about this roster. We're already looking towards the next year as we sit here and we talk about the Denver Nuggets going to the NBA Finals. We're already on to the next season, which brings me to my first question. Matthew, I got to ask. Matthew, I got to ask. Just explain to the Jamsters what cryptocurrency is. Oh, it's um. so what it is, you buy a sticker. And usually you just get a sticker, you stick it somewhere. But this time, you, when you get a sticker, you stick it and you scratch and sniff it. So that's basically what it is. That's cryptocurrency. Mm-hmm. Now, that was your funny response. Now, tell me your real response. Can you explain cryptocurrency? No, absolutely Exactly. Not. None of us can. <laughs> no one gets it. And those who thought they got it were sadly, sadly mistaken. When they took their life <laughs> is savings. Is it still around? Is I it, think it's, so. Okay, I thought it was, but. There's blockchains sure. out there somewhere. Somebody's still like, dude, buy low. You got to buy the valleys, bro. Just let it go. It's uh, th- the reason I bring up bring up cur- pr- cryptocurrency is because we're going to talk a little bit about the CBA. Yeah, it's the same thing. It's really hard to understand the cap. There, there's seven thousand things going on here, and for those of you who watch or and or listen this podcast on a regular basis, you know that while Matthew and I are both beautiful human beings and somewhat funny, we're not very smart. Okay, and trying to explain this is going to be a little bit tough and I might not be able to grasp it. And I hope I I can do my best to explain it to. So everyone just has a general overall overall idea of what the CBA is moving forward in the 2023 2024 season. So, you know, that as the Suns are trying to navigate their luxury tax and their their cap holds and their mid-level exception and all these these different phrases that we utilize when we talk about a roster construction, you know, that some aspect of it you you feel like you know just a little bit right like blockchain i know that blockchain exists in cryptocurrency no fucking idea what it is right yeah and what i wanted to be in this whole segment we're doing i want to be like you know sesame street where some guy comes out and they explain the letter a and the the guy comes out it might be bill murray he's like i have no idea what letter a is so explain to me the way that muppet would explain the letter a to bill murray it's almost like open AI, right? Like chat GBT, T, CBT, CBT, okay. THC, chat yeah. THC, where you can put a prompt in and you can say like, explain this to me like I'm a, a second grader. Is this a CBA or what are we talking about? The CBA. Oh, okay. It's, it's, just, it's complicated. It has, it has a lot of levels. A lot of them. Right? A lot of levels. So it's like, if I go to chat, do you utilize cho- chat.openai.com? I do not. No, so let's see what, what I, I have it around just because it's funny to fuck around with because that's all it is. Very well, cool. I, I, yeah. I hear like the, they, they talk about it on the Bill Simmons podcast and I'm just like, you know, let's let, let's see. So it's like explain the NBA collective bargaining agreement because that's what CBA stands for mm-hmm. to me like I'm a second grader and i guarantee you it's just gonna be like you're, you're gonna hear logan roy it's just gonna be like and fuck off <laughs> hey, don't say anything and watch a new episode yet so i just i have to tell you before we go any further watch the new episode 
I didn't watch it yet. Oh, okay. I. So this is this is what uh, according to OpenAI says. Sure, let me explain the NBA collective bargaining agreement to you in simple words. Imagine you and your friends love playing basketball together. You have rules that you all agree to follow, like how many points you need to win or how long the game should be. The NBA collective bargaining agreement is kind of like the rules uh, for all the basketball players in the NBA. In the NBA, there are two groups, the players who play the basketball games and the owners who own the teams. They need to agree on the rules and how things work. The CBA is like a big contract that players and other owners sign and agree. Oh, God, it just goes on about like what a contract is. Uh, it's just saying it's a, a set of rules. That's ridiculous. See? Well, that, that's basically what it is. It's just when you go into it, it's like, oh, there's an apron. All right. So what are you mm-hmm. cooking? You know what I mean? So <laughs> there's a certain limit. Are you standing in, in, in the kitchen with nothing but yeah. the apron on? All I'm thinking about is baby boy, the guy, you know, cooking the <laughs> just with an apron on, butt naked. I think he had an apron on. My just remember he's butt naked. <laughs> just cooking ass in that in, guy's kitchen. Ass in the wind. <laughs> ass in the wind. Well, I'll, I'll start with this. The cap in the NBA last season was $134 million. So if you exceeded $134 million, and there's cap holds and little intricacies along the way that I'm not too keen on, and we should have had Dave King on for this part, but as much as we love you, Dave, you would have talked for 45 minutes. So if you go over that, you hit what's called a luxury tax. And in the past, the luxury tax is between $1 and $5 million, it was a dollar fifty per dollar in penalty. So if you went over five million over the luxury tax, you would pay seven hundred fifty million dollars uh, for that. And then it went up from five to ten. It was a dollar seventy five penalty. So ten million dollars over the cap meant seventeen point five million. So the same concept exists under the new collective bargaining agreement. But what they've essentially done, uh, the players and the owners have agreed on what you'll hear as Ma- as Ma- as Matthew mentioned, the second tax apron. And essentially what that is, is $17.5 million above the luxury tax line. There is a whole nother uh, set of rules and regulations to, in an effort to try to negate super teams. You you look at teams like the Golden State Warriors who have, and, and the Suns, mind you. The Suns are a team that's up there when it comes to their, their overall payroll. And essentially it says, like, listen, if you're going to go over that $17.5 million over the luxury tax – you're going to get hit with another set of penalties that ultimately is going to deter you from going over that. Some of them are financial. Uh, some of them, like for example, teams in the second apron cannot use the taxpayer mid-level exception to sign free agents. That exception is the only tool tax teams currently have to pay free agents above the minimum salary. So I forget who our MLE guys were this past season, but like Terrence Ross essentially could be one of those guys. Uh, such, such contracts could last, last up to three seasons, and they could pay as much as $6.4 million this past year in starting salary. This will, rule would have prevented four free agent signings in the 2022 offseason. That was Danilo Gallinari to Boston, Dante DiVincenzo to the Golden State Warriors, Joe Ingles to the Milwaukee Bucks, and John Wall to the Los Angeles Clippers. So by going above and beyond in that payroll, it's essentially n- negating your ability to truly fill out your roster. Teams above the second apron cannot sign players on the buyout market. Think about that, Suns fans. We play the buyout market, and we want James Jones to every season. And yeah, that's you, huge. You wouldn't be able to in this. Uh, but again, the, the the definition of buyout market hasn't technically been revealed in this new uh, in this new collective bargaining agreement. But it'll likely apply to any player who's traded and waived during the season uh, or waived while sacrificing a portion of his salary, much akin to how it was in the past. 
And there's also the financial ramifications. Uh, I don't have those in front of me, but I know that if you go over that 17, if you hit that second tax apron, it's almost two for one on the dollar amounts. So essentially everything you're paying, you're doubling yourself up. If the Warriors were to move forward with their exact roster, it would be over 300 something million on again, a, a salary cap of 134 million. So that's, that's what the CBA is, right? Yeah, and uh, we get the owner, Matt Ishbia, ready to spend some money. Now, when you're taking a look at this, it's like, okay, well, how much money do you actually want to spend? I know, and right? Then, and then you think, like, okay, so was this actually all in order before the whole big decision, before everything went down? Did James Jones know? Or is there stuff leaked to ahead of time, a couple years, maybe a year, where it's like, hey, just to let you know, this is probably what we're looking at, the next CBA. That's probably a thing, right? James Jones must have known. I would known. think so. You would, yeah, so it's like, that's probably why he held on to the trade. That's why he didn't want to make the big trade because you're going to have guys like Chris, Chris Paul and DeAndre that you're going to have to pay that you might not be able to get out of their contracts. And you might have to keep because no one might want them. Mm-hmm. And then now you're kind of stuck with that. And of course, it's a year where it's like, let's go get whoever we want because everyone wants to be in Phoenix. And it's like, wait, nope, hold on. You can't really do that unless you want to spend a ton of money. But Matt Ishbia, no matter how much energy that guy has and how positive he is, He'll be like clapping his foot a little bit, sitting there like, all right, well, wait, what are we spending now? Because we want to win a championship because we maybe we not, we might need that third star next to Devin Booker and Kevin Durant because Kevin Durant might be older. You know what I mean? So it gets kind of mucky now for the yes. for us, right? And that's just the way it is here in Phoenix. That's yes, that's exactly how I expected it to happen. Exactly. Like we finally get an owner who is willing to go above and beyond the luxury tax, right? Yeah. You know, to his credit, before he left, Sarver did that last season. He went over the luxury tax for the first time in ever. And then he was gone, and that's probably why he went over. He's like, fuck it. If I'm not going to be around, fuck these guys. I'm going to luxury tax. We're spending all the money. And now we got a new guy who comes in. He's like, dude, I am i don't care about the money. I'm going to make it happen. They're like, oh, you, we're going to make it to where you care about the money. Because when if you spend $400 million on a yeah. team and you don't win, you're going to be very, very upset. And you'll start to care about the money instantly. And that's just, that's just son's karma. Just the way it goes. It is. Just, just the way it goes. Just like a twisted ankle on the layup line. Oh, amen. Amen. So as we as we go through this roster and we talk about the free agents and and you know from, from the bottom to the top on guys we want to keep and guys we think they will keep, it's gonna be interesting to see how the Suns truly navigate. It's gonna be because of the new CBA, and you gotta realize the new CBA kicks in on the first day of the 2023 slash 24 NBA season. That's July 1st. You can still make roster moves under the current CBA until that date. So there's a reason why Chris Paul was extended, or they said that they're gonna guarantee his contract because it doesn't benefit them to to do anything otherwise. Because if if they get him. To a, if they guarantee his contract for the $30 million he's going to make, and then they waive him in this year, the way that you can take his money and you can spread it out over the next three or four, or I think it's five seasons, it'll it'll ultimately be a cap hit of like $3 million a year. So if you do that next season, there's different penalties and ramifications in the way it's navigated relative to your total cap hit. So it's going to be a lot of learning not only for the Suns, but for every other general manager and in this league, as they try to figure out what this balance means, this it's all designed to shift the balance of power. So not every team is just loading up on, uh, on, on guys. And then there's, there's a bunch of cap, you know, stuff when it comes to developing your own guys and holding on to them. And that's why when we get to the DeAndre Ayton segment, like you got to realize there's benefits to keeping him. Do I think they should? We'll get there, but there's benefits to keeping him because he's a homegrown guy. 
yeah, that's what we had going. You know, now it's kind of completely gone. Um, it's just kind of fucked in a way. Um, just like they have to learn, we do too. And the thing is, is like a lot of us are going to be wishing for guys, wanting to trade, wanting to sign guys in the offseason, but we really have to look at what they're looking at. And it's going to be very difficult for us to even navigate who we want to be on this team starting next year. I just, I don't even know. It's going to be completely different. I forget. I feel like, and this is going to be fun kicking these yeah. guys out, right? Yeah. Everybody but two players probably. <laughs> get, a, get out of <laughs> we'll, here. We'll see what it looks like, but you know how we all think alike, right? Jamsters. We all do. <laughs> and when you, when you start with the Suns roster and if you go to uh spot track.com, the best website, when it comes to looking at salaries and how it affects the team mm-hmm. moving forward and what people have made and what they're going to make and yada, yada, yada. SpotTrack.com uh, for you noobs out there and you've never heard of it. If you look at the next season's projected team salary tracker and you look at the active cap for the top three players on the team, Suns are number one in the league. Number one in the league, $135 million in active cap for their top three players. Okay, now there's there's some things that bring that down a little bit, but ultimately the Suns, again, knowing that the the salary cap is at 134 this year and it might go up to like 137, it always increases a little bit. We've already pretty much spent our entire cap with DeAndre Ayton, Devin Booker, and Kevin Durant. Those three players alone already have us all the way up there. So there's tax in ramifications and, and things that are going to happen and the things that, and Phoenix is going to cut their legs out by not having the ability to, to sign some players. And that's going to be a frustrating reality for the Suns as they try to navigate this off season. But let's, let's go ahead and let's start with this roster. We'll start with one of the, the, uh, the newest members of the roster who is going to be a restricted or I'm sorry, an unrestricted free agent next season, and that is Terrence. What's the matter, dog? You with Terrence? This guy's a gangster? His real name is Terrence. Terrence. He's the home of both parents. Terrence. Terrence have a real good marriage. All right, Matthew. He's he's 32 years old. Uh, it's, you know, the, the question ultimately is going to be, is he going to re-sign with the Phoenix Suns? Uh you know, last season, uh, a great addition, not necessarily utilized in the postseason, but that's probably because uh, Monty Williams didn't good didn't do a good job really utilizing anyone in the postseason. But when you <laughs> you know, I, you know, he's like, I was just Devin Booker and Kevin Durant, and we'll just figure the rest out, figure the rest out. But when you when you look at Terrence Ross, he's somebody that you want to keep. And do you think the Suns will keep him? Oh, yeah? Fuck yeah, dude. Fuck, Fuck yeah, yeah, no. Dude. So what I'm looking for in this whole keep him, ship him away, send him to the moon, just confidence. I want guys that really want to be on the court, that know what the hell they're doing on the court, that just the body language looks good. Terrence Ross is that guy. Money-wise, what? That's going to be about a million, a million dollars to resign the dude. What else can you get really besides him out there to kind of, you know, match him? Because you always want the shooting. You want the guy that can, you know, get hot from the bench. And he's the perfect kind of guy for that. I, when we got him, I was ecstatic. Of course, a lot of this is Monty, what he did in the playoffs. Oh, you can't really look at that, right? Of course, the coach has to go. 
because you had a guy like Terrence Ross that just sat on the bench and he ended up playing big for you in big games in the last series you guys lost. He's a guy that's very confident, knows who he is on the court, can get you buckets. He's definitely a guy I want back in Phoenix next year. And uh, I don't think they will, but I do definitely want him back. Oh, yeah? Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah, fuck yeah, dude. I want him back too. And again, you know, $1.9 million is what he made last year. He was a veteran minimum guy after he got waived by the, the Orlando Magic. And he's somebody who's at the back end of his career, again, 32 years old, and is trying to find a home in which he could go out there and compete in the playoffs and play for a title. And he found that in Phoenix, and then Monty kind of did him wrong. In his 21 games with the Phoenix Suns, he averaged nine points coming off the bench in 18.4 minutes. The guy is the human torch. He just scores. You need to have that guy at the back end of your roster. That's just a fucking fact. We all know that. So if the Suns, seen that Terrence Ross is a, an unrestricted free agent, and if he plays the market and somebody picks him up and the Suns can't bring him back, that's going to be disappointing because he's the exact kind of guy you need on this team. It's the same thing as like a Langston Galloway. Right, Langston was kind of the same way. He's just a fireball shooter who you can bring in. Like as you construct this uh, roster in its totality, you need two or three of these guys coming off the bench. He's not going to be a great defender, and he wasn't, but he's somebody who can shoot. And you know what? I love his shot. I love his mid-range game. I love his three-point rainbow shots. I hope the Suns bring him back. Yep, absolutely, man. But I'm with you. I think that they won't. And I again, I just think that he might get a better offer somewhere else, and ultimately, he's going to end up leaving. The next unrestricted free agent for the Phoenix Suns that they're going to have to figure out, and this is one we refer to. Biz. Biz. So this is another guy. It's for me, Matthew. Oh, yeah? Fuck yeah, dude. I am 100% for bringing Busy back. As we talk about Terrence Ross, as we talk about Bismack Biombo, as we talk about some of these free agents, I think it's valid to note that this is a destination. They're part of this team. They're part of this culture. They want to be on winning teams. There's no reason that they wouldn't come back unless they can go somewhere else and make more money. In the case of Bismack Biombo, he donates his whole paychecks to building churches in his home. Uh, hospitals. Co- co- yeah, yeah, hospitals in his home country anyways. He doesn't need the money. He wants to win. He wants to be a part of something. And whatever we do at center, he is going to have to be the backup. And I, I, I hope the Suns bring him back. I feel like he is a guy who will be coming back for the Phoenix Suns. I want to back. I think the Suns will have the negotiating power to bring him back as well. Yeah. Definitely. Oh, yeah? Fuck yeah, dude. Let's just keep using that one for everyone. Whole time. Everyone, you know? Bring back the whole team. <laughs> Man, you want a guy like him blasting balls out of the paint. He's the guy that can actually quickly just, you know, develop under any situation. If you have him come in, he needs to start. I mean, if you have injury to if DeAndre Aiden comes back, he's like the perfect guy to come in and play those 20, 25 minutes. And he was like fitting in seamlessly with chris paul and a lot a lot of the times like he would just come in pick and roll there he is can't really finish as well not really good around the rim that's fine but it's just the defense it's the attitude he has he, he doesn't get upset when booker and chris paul they're yelling at him on the court you're like get the you know what the fuck are you doing he doesn't care he wants to learn he wants to help this team win confident guy perfect fit come on back but i don't know if he does come back i don't know what else you can get out there for a backup big but he's a perfect backup big and a guy Monty didn't really play either in the playoffs. But yeah, fun. he 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 needs 
Well, he played him at times, and the advantage of having someone like him and Jock is one's the offensive energy guy, and the other's the defensive energy guy. I'm just blaming stuff on Monty. I think that's what we can do now, right? Because he's gone? He's gone, dude. (laughs) Fucking blame it all on Monty, okay? That's what what the Suns did anyways. That's what half the Jamsters were doing in the chat the entire season. Every time we lost, they're like, it's Monty's fault. (laughs) Then they fired him. It's like, see, I was right. And then, you know, time will ultimately tell. Because if Monty goes to, like, Philly and wins a championship, we'll be like, fucking A, we should have kept Monty. Uh, but again, I just, I think that you have to have, you're not going to, as bench players, you're not going to get complete packages. So you need your specialists. And it's something that I feel like James Jones has kind of deterred away from in the past few seasons. That was his thing as a general manager. When he started drafting people, you know, Cameron Johnson, a three point specialist, Mikhail Bridges, a defensive specialist, Deandre Ayton, a special guy. So with these, these different guys that he was drafting, he and even Jalen Smith, you know, Jalen Smith was a defensive, you know, he he was a, uh, in the paint. He could block the shit out of the ball. And that was kind of his thing. And he's kind of gone away from that when, when it comes to the bench is he's trying to get these guys who are not good at anything and can do a little bit of everything. Whereas in the past, it was like, you're elite at this, do this, you're elite at this, do this. And Bismack is one of those guys. Yep. All right. Next guy, also an uh, an unrestricted free agent. Today I met this cat. He said his name was Damien. He thinks that we're a lot alike and wants to be my friend. You're up, Matthew. Should he stay or should he go? It's that I just don't care. <laughs> I don't really care too much. Um, I think he, I don't think he'll be back. He's just one of those names that comes in. You know, we'll always get that guy that's off of a championship run. Like, oh, look at the championship experience. Here we go. Some guy, you know, he has spurts, but he in the long run just can't hold up. The the thing that hurt me the most is just him unable to adapt. There's so many games last year where he was trying too much off the dribble. But then again, I don't blame him as much just because there were injuries and he had to do a lot more than he was, I think, asked to do. But he just wanted, I just wanted to be that spot up shooter. And when he just became too much and got in his own head and was just doing too much offensively, I was like, this guy is just not doing it for me, man. There's lost confidence in him. Um, you would think after a championship in that, I'm not saying the guy doesn't have any confidence, but on the floor, body language, just not my type right now. He's just not. So I think he's going to be gone and I don't want him to really come back. But if he does, fine. Yeah, Damian Lee. Yeah. I'm good. I'm good if he goes. And I think the Suns will let him go. He's somebody who, because of his three-point shooting percentage, where he ultimately finished at 44.5% on the season, the Suns can't afford to keep him. This was his, I'm going to come, I'm going to make 1.9, show you guys what I can kind of do. And now somebody somewhere is going to be like, yeah, that's the guy. And I'm okay. You know, I, I think the Suns will let him go because they can't match his salary. And I, he's a guy who I don't really – you know, like you said, I just don't care. Like, I don't care if he comes back and I'm good if he doesn't. So Damian Lee, we'll see, but I have a feeling he will be wearing a different uh, Jersey next season. And we probably picked up pretty quickly. All right. Next up on the unrestricted free agent list. Let's see if I can find the drops. It's been a little bit, you know, uh, I did a mouth. Oh, there it is. Hey, Joe. Where you going with that? Gotta go. Now I know on this oh, one. Yeah? Fuck yeah, dude. Fuck yeah, dude. I want to keep Josh Akogi. How could you not? Again, a guy who came here on a prove it deal, one of those $1.9 million one-year deals with the Phoenix Suns to show what he could do. Ultimately, uh had a had a huge impact 
on this team, 72 games played, 26 of them as a starter, only 7.3 points, but he did shoot 33% from beyond the arc, which was a career high, 3.5 rebounds, 1.5 assists, but the defensive intensity that he brought is something you absolutely want to be bring back. But much akin to Damian Lee, who they signed both around the same time, if we if you recall, he's a guy who priced himself out of the market. There is a mid-level team somewhere that will pay him a $6 million mid-level exception if they can, uh, or something even more for what he can do. You know, he'll, t- he'll sign a three or four year deal and it'll be with like the bulls or something. Yeah, I think so too. Um, it sucks. Oh but... yeah. Fuck yeah, dude, man. I mean, he started out so slow. I didn't know what he was this season at all. And then he finished the season so strong and then just fizzled out. In the playoffs, he just wasn't there. I know the three-point shooting was a horrendous thing, um, but I think a guy like that just needed more minutes and he needed to be counted on. Um, I just, to me, if I was him, and I don't know if this is true or not, it just seemed like the coach and you know the team, you know the coaching staff kind of gave up on him in the playoffs. To me, he was my favorite player this whole season long. Him and Torrey Craig were fucking phenomenal. Those were the two guys that were just like limited minutes in big games in the playoffs. I know you're looking for shooting. You're looking for all that, but this guy just got it done everywhere. I know the corner shoot, the three point shot did fall off, but that didn't matter to me because he was still confident to shoot it. And that's what I want. Just confidence in these guys and the body language was good. He was like the perfect role player for this team. And like you said, he's probably going to be gone. But the only thing is like in the playoffs, if, other teams are really looking at what he did in the playoffs. Maybe that'll hurt him. So maybe he won't make as much, and maybe we can get him back. But I well, don't think he'll be back. You, you look at opposing teams, and they're, they see the playoffs, but they're looking at these guys and saying, hey, how can these guys help me win to get to the playoffs and to get a better seating? And, and Akogi is absolutely one of those players who can do just that. Is What he does, the intangibles that he possesses, is something that is desirable across the entire NBA, and it's transferable, as is the three-point shot of Damian Lee, right? Like Those are transferable yeah qualities and characteristics of players that will be appealing to other franchises because they simply just need to get that there so they can win some more games and get to the playoffs again yes i think that monty williams the bonehead that he was (laughs) he rode this guy for the last three four weeks of the season the team was successful with it and then he completely changed strategies in the in the postseason and granted tory craig played great in that first series but when he wasn't playing great offensively, you weren't getting the same defensive effort that you would from a Josh Akogi. And that was part of that bad coaching that Monty Williams did. I hope that Josh Akogi comes back. I really do. I don't think he will because, again, players like him who have his kind of motor, call me mon- nonstop. The nonstop motor of Josh Akogi is transferable. And unless the Phoenix Suns can somehow convince him to stay on like a hometown discount, it's not going to happen. Now's his opportunity to cash in based on his performance. He's cashing in. Just the way it is, man. Miami Heat. He, he's, 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 no, he's, he was drafted. Uh, they only like undrafted guys. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then... 
place a $5 wager on any sport, you'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Next up, another unrestricted free agent. God, there's going to be so many new faces next year, man. These are just unrestricted free agent, unrestricted free agent, unrestricted free agent. This is a nice limo. Yes, it is. Now suck my Jack Landale. All right. Thoughts on Jack. This is tough. Is it my turn? Yeah, I think it is. Or is it my turn? I'll just I'll go, I think. Let me um Oh yeah? Fuck yeah, dude. That was me. Just because I gotta stick with it. I love Jock. I loved him this whole year. And I think a lot of he got a lot of shit from a lot of people, but he did what he could. He's not a good backup point or backup point, backup center. He's a horrible backup point guard. Horrible. Yeah. Horrible. I don't think he can dribble the ball. He can shoot the three, though. Lights out, right? Just, yeah. I did love that when he would go one for four. I'm like, oh, yeah, keep shooting, buddy. I love that during the season. <laughs> <laughs> that was the thing. I'm like, this guy could do whatever he wants with that accent. Um, he um, He's a guy that's a good, um, uh, I guess, third on the depth chart, backup center to. Um, Bismack, I just like the one-two punch he can be with somebody. Like in the playoffs where he can come in and play 20 minutes with somebody else, 20 minutes, 20 minutes. That was perfect for him. I love the energy, the motor. He never gave up. That's what I want, too. I think he's very confident in himself. Offensively, he was finishing a little bit better towards the end in the playoffs. But that was the one thing he struggled in during the regular season was just finishing at the rim. I think he still has a lot to improve on, and I don't know how limited he is. But I think the attitude he has and the dedication he has to actually getting better is huge for this guy and for another team he's going to be on. I don't think he'll be back, but I'm going to miss him. I love Jock. It was the best drop we ever had on this pod. Yes. And, you know, whenever we play him again, we'll have to keep it for that. Just I'm for gonna, that reason. I'm, I'm going to miss the drop. But when it comes to Jock. It's that I just don't care. I truly don't care if he's back on this team or not because I think that he is highly replaceable. I think that you can get somebody who can come in and uh, give you some offensive effort at the five position. Again, I like having busy. I definitely want busy back because the defense is harder to uh, defense is just harder. The effort on defense is just tougher. And the size that busy brings uh, is something that I value. Whereas I feel like jock can be replaced. And I think that the Phoenix suns will replace him. He's somebody who last season was making uh, 2.1 million I think you can get somebody around the same price, and uh, you know, with the the veteran minimum, vet, veteran minimum, and I think that that's going to be acceptable. And uh, why, I, again, to your point, I'd hate to see him go, but I just don't care if he stays. Yeah, you know, it's I, tough, right? But uh, he is an expendable guy. He is for sure. I just think the way the Suns are now, these guys are just like you don't want them to leave because of the energy and passion they have for this, well, team and the emotional connection that we have for this. Always, team. yeah. That's that's just what it is. All right, next up on the list, another unrestricted free agent. TJ, War Machine. 
I'm up first on this one. Um, it's that I just don't care. Like, if, if we got more from TJ, I would, I'd be fighting for him. Now, again, I don't know if that's Monty not playing him and, and not giving him enough minutes and enough opportunity. Uh, but I also think that TJ is is so injury prone, and he's 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 past his prime and he peaked in the bubble for Indiana, and that's kind of behind us. And while I like TJ Warren, I just really don't care if they bring him back or not. I think that they can find somebody else who can give them probably a little bit more on either side of the ball than TJ Warren. That's that's my two cents, Matthew. It's that I just don't care. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I don't really care. The only way I want a TJ back is if he is, and I know this is stupid, but if he is like a, a starter, if he is like our starting three or something, because I think he can thrive in that situation and play alongside Booker and Katie. And if they can get another guy, that's a guard or another, I don't know, someone else in the, in the, the force or the four spot. Cause I don't know. I think Katie will probably be the four going oh, yeah. next year. Probably, yeah, definitely. Uh, it just depends who we have at center. If Aiton's gone and then we get some other big, that's just not really, a guy you could finish with and Katie will probably finish at the five at games. Who knows? He used to do that. But mm-hmm. um, I think that, you know, what you have with this dude is something special shooting wise, but he needs a lot of reps. He needs a lot of minutes. I don't blame him for the way he played with the Suns Cause he was thrown out there in situations where it's like, wait, you want me to do what? Like I'm out. And he's like standing up on top of his own guy out there most of the time. And I was just like, I don't blame him, dude. He didn't know what to do out there. He had no idea what to do. He wouldn't play for five games. Then he would come back for a game, look pretty good, play the next game, wouldn't look good, didn't want to play again. Like That's the way it was with Monty and this whole system. It's like if you sucked, you're out. If you had a bad game, we're going to try something else. He just needs more reps. And if he comes back, I wouldn't mind him as a starter, but that's not going to be a thing. Completely agree. Completely agree. Next up on the list. What's up? The Juice, Tory Craig. Matthew, you're up first. What do you oh, think? Oh, yeah? Fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, I mean, I just said, yeah, Kogi and Craig were my favorite players during the whole season. They put up a lot of minutes. They had to step in for a lot of injured dudes, and they put up some pretty good fucking minutes. I know Craig got a lot of shit sometimes, but he came through in big moments, and then he was gone. He was just gone. I guess I don't know why. I don't know. We did win two games against the Nuggets, so maybe they knew what they were doing. But I just think that Craig was such a big part of this team and has been when he was here this last year and the first year he was here. I still like him. I want him back. Does he come back? I think so. I think Craig will be back. I just I have a feeling that Craig will be back on this team. <sighs> Let's see. It's that I just don't care. I'm kind of, you know, like I, I I've seen the the Tory Craig train for three, four years now, not overly impressed. He has his moments. He can play a little physical, but he's not dominating on defense. He's okay on offense. I kind of want something else because there's one common theme here, Matthew, you go back two or three seasons with the Suns, and what made them a great team was their organic chemistry, how they kept carrying over like 70% of the roster, which is kind of unheard of in the NBA, Mm -hmm. but good teams, nay, great teams, do a lot of what we're doing right now. They have about seven guys that they just turn over every year, right? Because of the way that the rosters are constructed and because of veteran minimums, and that's how some guys just hold on a little too long and still get paid and and how you can utilize those guys to assist you, hopefully, to win a championship. Torrey Craig's 31 years old. His best basketball is behind him. I just don't care. Like, if they bring him back, sweet. Like, I understand all the pros. Everything you said, like, valid. 
like it about him. But he just he just he doesn't doesn't get me going, man. You can go either way. Yeah. Exactly. And that's and why it, yeah, I, don't I just know. don't care. Maybe I chose the wrong drop. My yeah. bad. What, what, what should you have chose? Like, fuck yeah. Oh, yeah, you did do fuck yeah, dude. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, next up, are the first guy that we're going to discuss who is not an unrestricted free agent, he has a club option this upcoming season. Ish going down. Ish. I'm yelling, wait, right. You better move. You better dunk. Swain Wright. Yes. Never got to use that drop. I feel like not very like often. Twice yeah, I think that it. was I think it was the third time I've used it since I made <laughs> that drop. Um when it when it comes to him, he gets the There's no way in hell that's happening. They're not bringing him back. There's no way they're exercising the club option on Ish Wainwright. As much as James Jones and Monty Williams like to keep him around every year running him out on a two-way deal, he will get denied on his club option. He will become an unrestricted free agent. And I think that the Suns should just move on from Ish, man. I don't think again, he's one of those guys who love who he is. Love love his story. Tired of his story. Love his story. A little bit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Tight end at Baylor. Yeah, we fucking know. But outside of a couple performances, he was really just schmaverage. Not even average. He was smaverage. Schmaverage. There's no way in hell that's happening. Yeah, my first time using that drop felt great. Um, I, you know, he won't be back. The story, everything got kind of old. Um, great guy though. Great guy. Just out there body language, the way it looked on the court just didn't make sense. He got more minutes. I thought he should have in the playoffs. Just can't really do much with him, man. I just think it's, he's really limited. Like there's no ceiling. There's nothing else left with that guy. So coming back, I don't think so. And I don't really want him back. Sorry. Ish. It's, it was great though. Nice shoulders. going down. He's a tight end. Here comes the pain. So Cameron Payne is a partial guaranteed contract, six point five million. Um, if you were waive, if you were to waive him, he'd, you know, twenty two million guaranteed could be stretched over three years. So that's what the option is before the Suns. If they waive him, it's only going to hit two million on their on their cap. Um, you're first on this campaign. Do you want him back? And should they bring him back? I'm good. I'm done. I'm done with it. You know, I'm done with guys just really indecisive that have issues on the court and just, you know, yelled out, you know, they need therapy. I don't know. I'm just, I'm kind of sick of dealing with it, man. There's only so much you can go through with certain guys and just the questions of, does he have it? Is he going to come back? Could he be the guy two years ago? It's like, no, like maybe he will be somewhere else, but I just don't care anymore, man. I don't want to deal with it. You know, if an injury happens, we need him to step up. He actually did pretty good for Chris Paul this year in certain games. He really did. He had that little stretch that was nice, but then he comes back. He's just so inconsistent. You can't really work with him. I I think the way that things kind of worked with Kevin Durant taking over the second unit, He's a catch and shoot guy, but he's, mm-hmm. I mean, if he's not hitting his shot, he hit his shot in one of the games. I think it was a game three or game four where he won it for the Suns. That was nice, but you're just not getting anything else right now. Maybe if he had more consistent reps, that's fine. And maybe he can pick a guy, pick a big guy to play the pick and roll with, which he did at times with uh chalk, but it's just, it was so inconsistent this year. And I don't even know if you can really talk about like, can he be the guy two years ago? Because he's just, He's in his own head still, and I just I'm done dealing with that. 
here we are 46 minutes into the pod and I just remembered you made an amazing graphic and I just put it up. That should have been on this whole time. Got down, sat on a bench. Forgot. Yeah, yeah. We, with me, with Cameron Payne. It's that I just don't care. Like I don't care if he stays or goes. I prefer he goes than stays for all the reasons that you just stated. We've had the campaign experience much like we've had the Tory Craig experience. And if we're going to gut this team and try to rebuild it with all the pieces that are going to be complimentary around the Phoenix Suns and their two superstars moving forward, Cameron Payne is somebody who I just don't know if he needs to be a part of that. As you mentioned, like he is a great, uh, he, he's greatly inconsistent. He's injured a lot. He's an off ball guard when he's playing with Kevin Durant. That's what's going to happen next season is you're going to get a lot of that guy playing with Kevin Durant. Now you're, you're going to need backup point guards. That's a fact. He's not a backup point guard, and the majority of the backup point guards who exist are much in the mold of Cameron Payne. So are you trading Cameron Payne for just another Cameron Payne? Potentially, but, like, I'm okay with that. Give me a new flavor of bubble gum. This is Saban Lee. Stale. Saban Lee, Saban Lee, Saban Lee. I'm, I'm 100% you, for dude, that. That guy's a backup point guard, and I don't I'm care. I'm 100% for 10, that. 10 games, I, I just know. He's not the Sa- next SGA, but he's he's a good backup point guard for sure for the season. Saban Lee played 23 games for the Suns. He had 6.3 points, 2.8 assists, 2 rebounds. He shot 37% from beyond the arc, and he played almost 16 minutes a game. I would take those numbers on a on a two-way contract it turned into a fully guaranteed contract a la Ish Wainwright, which they should have done, is you know had Saban Lee, knowing that you were going to the playoffs with a Chris Paul, who's probably going to get injured, then then make the uh, the Ish Wainwright move and Cameron Payne confident and and Gadunk athletic as fuck. You knew what to do on the court, man. He wasn't hesitant either. He didn't look like a rookie or anything. He was out there just making plays. I'm interested to hear what everybody's going to say on this one. Oh yeah! Shabalama ding dong! Sneaky, sneaky. Landry Shamit is fully guaranteed next year. He will be making $10.25 million for the Phoenix Suns. Uh, following next season, uh, $11 million, then $11.75 for Shamalama Ding Dong. Uh, and we got a lot of that Ding Dong later. Um, now, granted, year two is uh, not guaranteed, and that 11.75 is a club option before he becomes an unrestricted free agent in 2026. So, Matthew, I think that I'm up first, and I'm going to go with... I'm good. I'm not going to go with, oh, hell no, or no way in hell. I just, I'm good. Like, I'm good if they move on from Landry Shamit. He is one of those players with that salary that you are going to have to utilize in a trade, whether you're coupling that with a Chris Paul or with a DeAndre Ayton, to salvage parts. Uh, Again, like, the Suns are going to have to get fucking creative if they're getting rid of all these players and but this is one of those guys that you it's just it, it didn't work it just didn't work and it's time to admit that and move on uh and again i think that he has a very very tradable contract uh the challenge that we have is the rest of the the, the rest of the league has seen him now and yeah he did have that one good game as equipment manager fallen founder says in the chat they need to move on from him uh, hey dot zero shamalama shamalama bing gone. That's who he needs to be. <laughs> so Matthew, what are your thoughts on Landry Shamit? Uh, I'll use this one. There's no way in hell that's happening, but then I don't know. I'm good. It's kind I of just, both, I, right? Yeah. Just, you know, you're done. I got to be consistent here. Guys, the body language is a big issue. Guys that don't yes. believe in themselves. 
he checks marks all those all those bad boxes. You know, you don't want those ones check marked. And he did. He did the one game he almost saved himself, but still it's so much money. It's like when you go through these players and we'll go through the starters too. It's like, they're making so much money. It's like, who's going to want them. I mean, what are you going to do with that much money? How are you going to get rid of them? Uh, it just needs to end. It's a bad relationship. It's just, mm-hmm. it's never going to happen. And I don't want to deal with it next year. I don't want to do the drop. I don't want to think about, Hey, um, is he going to come through, hit some big threes? I don't give a fuck, dude. I just want guys like the <laughs> Miami heat that just have guys that just are believing themselves, have, have the balls. Even if you don't have the balls, just act like you have big balls. Just so them on. Just walk around a few and then go out there and warm up and you feel good about yourself. That's the way the Heat play. And yes. I just I'm not saying the Heat will win a championship or anything, or that's what the Suns need to do, get guys off the street. They're going Jay to the Cole's, finals. Jay Cole, I guess, got one of them to get <laughs> he was interviewed and tried out in front of Jimmy Butler. That's how he made the team. I forget the guy that got like 29 points last game. Uh I forget his name. Obviously, that one, because that, he that, was that one on. guy. That one guy. The one dude. You know, uh, not Max the Suns, Bruce. The Suns just need those. Caleb Martin, uh, Gabe Davis, uh, Gabe is Gabe it not Gabe Davis? Gabe Vincent, That's the, Gabe Vincent, Gabe Vincent. Yeah, yes. that guy. Yeah, the Suns got need just guys like that that just believe in themselves that can come out there and play to their best ability. And Do you think Shamit that Monty allowed these guys ability, to be confident? But he doesn't play the best that way. What Monty like wanted Shamit to be confident so bad, and he just wasn't. But who what, was it? Was it a Monty guy or was it a James Jones guy? Because I feel like that was a James Jones guy that was forced on Monty. Or yeah, no, I think it was a little bit of both. I really do. Ugh, I, really I don't know, do. but we need good guy, whatever. But we just gotta get we gotta nip it in the bud. Buddy. All right, next guy. I don't even have a drop for. So it's the guy who we traded. The Sarge Smoke Break. Darius Baisley never earned a drop with us. Okay. And if you if you're wondering why, he only played seven games and he averaged eight point seven minutes and he only scored four points per game uh for the Phoenix Suns. But Darius Baisley next year is a restricted free agent. Uh he's coming off of his rookie deal and the the uh the guaranteed money. Or the initial offer, I'm sorry, the the initial offer that you'd have to provide the qualifying offer, six point two million. Do you want to keep Darius Baisley offering him six point two million, Matthew? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good, but there's something there with him I like. I think it's a guy that really, really is trying to get better, and he's limited with minutes. He does not have the reps, obviously. Um, there's a game to him that I think will be a good like. Not a backup center or four, but just someone that can give you those hustle minutes that can come in and maybe change a game. It's not there yet. I think there's potential. I just think on this team it's not going to work. So that's why I say, no, nah, I'm good. He'll be gone. And that is a lot of fucking money, right, for him? It is. Um, and this is a challenging one. I don't have a drop for, like, I just don't know. So I'll just do this one. It's that I just don't care. Like, and it's not that I just don't care. I just don't know with Basley. Because, yeah, if you can get him for $6.2 million, knowing that you're going to have a ton of cap restrictions and you need every fucking dollar you can because you're going to go into the luxury tax for because you have a very top-heavy ra- roster, if you can't hold on to Josh Akogi, I kind of feel like Baisley could be that next to Kogi. Right? Like, he's somebody who is long. He's somebody who can play defense, and he sucks on offense. That's exactly what Akogi was last season. And if we can get somebody who again can play a little bit of defense and we get some quality scores around him on that second team. And he gets an opportunity to play a little bit. Then he, there's an opportunity to get some potential. The challenge is, is what kind of qualifying offer do you give him? Is it a two year deal for 6.2? And if it doesn't work out, you move on from him. Given the culture of this team in the past, he's gone. 
because James Jones doesn't like to spend any time or effort on young guys and develop them. That's a challenge we had kind of with Mikhail Bridges is there wasn't a lot of development there. And, and maybe there was, but he didn't get the opportunity. That's what we're going to talk about with Aiton is the development side of things where other organizations are now looking at the Suns and be like, damn, you guys got a lot of talent, but you just don't take time to develop that talent. And therefore, we want a shot at that talent because we know how to develop. The, the Heat, a team that knows how to develop talent. The Warriors, a team that knows how to develop talent. The Suns haven't proven that they can develop talent. Deion, or Devin Booker was a godsend. But outside of that, on this roster, it's a bunch of old veterans now. And that's what this team has become for now. So while I like Baisley, I just don't know if he's going to stick around because uh, they just don't like to. Yeah, I do like him. Like develop. You, you just knew when we got him, it would be a guy that we're not going to see his role of full potential here in Phoenix. But it's all right. That's, that happens. I don't, I don't know if I like him because I haven't seen enough of him. There's like, something in him I like. I like I the fact he wears number 55. Like That's kind of cool. Good so. number, huh? Next up. The point now, this is where it starts to get a little bit, a little tricky, right? It does. Chris Paul, you know, 38 years old when the season begins. His birthday uh, was not too long ago. Partially guaranteed for a $30.8 million contract that the Phoenix Suns have already said that they are going to fully guarantee. So if that is the case, should we keep him? Should we move on from him? Here's where I'm at, Matthew. I'm good. I'm good, man. Love you, Point God. Thank you, Point God. It's been a pleasure watching you, Point God. But I'm good. I think that with the size of that contract, if you can trade him somehow, some way, and and again, I'm going to go back to this, something I haven't stated yet. The Suns are a team that opposing teams know are looking to bail out of some money. And because of that, the Suns don't have all the leverage that... Never do. Yeah, we never have leverage. Ever. Never. <laughs> ever. So without that leverage, we we might not get the proper return on Chris Paul. And we just need to kind of accept that. But I think if the Phoenix Suns can trade him for a couple pieces to another team, I, I say you jump at that opportunity. I really do. <sighs> yeah, it's tough, dude. Um, Yeah. There's no way in hell that's happening. Not keeping him, huh? No, I mean, it, it's tough. I mean, sitting, having him sit there at the end of the bench again to like really end a series and just the look on his face again, just knowing that he couldn't help his team win. It's, it's, it's very hard because I know he's just, he's just that fucking good. I know he didn't have the actual, you know, um, ability to make it through because of injury, but he's just a special talent, special mind. Um, is it him or Monty Williams? that got those wins or that got 64 wins and got to the finals. I don't know. Probably more Chris Paul. Who knows? Yep. Yep. It might be. Um, but the thing is, is like now he's going to be gone. It's too much money. The team that you're going to have to trade him to is going to be a team that can give up a couple pieces that are more like long-term three or four years. I don't know. But and do they want to for an aging it's point like, God? But that's what I'm saying. Like you, we just have to really look at these teams and be like, all right, are they giving up? But do they need a guy that's still a leader that can help them get to the next stage? Right. That's what Chris Paul has been and still will be because he's going to want to obviously play like two or three more years. Cause that's just the way he is. Yeah. Um, but it just, it can't happen again. Cause we have too much, to look forward to in the future with Devin Booker and to surround him with guys that can get the job done. Now, this was his last stint, just like 
kind of like watching LeBron tonight, man, where you just know for sure it's like this is he'll he'll play again next year, but you just can't rely on the guy, right? You can't say, Oh, we got LeBron and we got good pieces around because it's just not gonna be there. And LeBron was hurt. Obviously, he had the surgery, so maybe that's what it was. But Chris Paul, on the other hand, is just, you know, flying through midair and the groin's gone, and then yeah, that's his career, really. And it's sad to say, but yeah, he's gone. No, I, I agree with you in every aspect of the word. And again, I think the challenge that the Phoenix Suns are going to have is trying to get price or value paid on this, and they might have to throw something in in an effort to try to make it happen. That's where Landry Shamit could potentially come in. And I just I, I don't know how they make it happen, but they're going to have to make it happen. That's just period. All right, a couple more guys left. Who the heck are you? Yeah, I'm Kevin Durant. You know who I am. Y'all know who I am. Did anybody see a sniper? Did anybody see anything? I'm one of the best players to ever played a game. Thoughts, Matthew? Yeah. I'm good. I'm just joking, dude. Oh, you're so funny. You got oh, yeah? fuck yeah, dude. Yeah, you know what? <clears throat> yeah, of course. I want him back. We have no choice. I mean, we got KD now for the next what'd you say, four years, three years, two years, three years? Three years. Three years. Oh yeah. yeah next fuck yeah, dude. So. I think we're I think we agree on that and we'll Yeah, just, pretty easy. Pretty pretty easy. Big Dick Booker. This is another one we don't have to spend a lot of time on. It's that I just don't care. Oh, yeah? Fuck yeah, dude. (laughs) Now we're just hitting drops. Now we're just doing whatever the hell we want. (laughs) Uh, Last but not least. Watch. All right, the big one, Matthew. Here we are an hour into the podcast, and here we go. Will he stay or will he go? DeAndre Ayton. What do you want, and what do you think will happen? I'm good. Yeah, I'm just I'm done. I mean, it's 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 one of those things. It's like, well, if we get a coach in here to really just bring the best out of them, that's fine. But what you hear about the guy and how you just hear things about—I don't know inside source here, but you hear guys that have inside sources that are just like, no one can put up with his shit anymore, right? We've put up with a lot from this guy, a lot of talk. And he's never backed it up, right? If it's coaching, then it's the coaching. Maybe he wasn't put in a good position. He started playing basketball late in his life. That's probably a big thing. He just needs to learn. He needs a fresh start somewhere else. But also, I just think I'm just really disappointed in his effort and a lot of what he done here in Phoenix, what he did here in Phoenix. It's been tough to watch. And I think he has potential to be a good player still. I just don't like what I see from him on the court and off the court. I'm sure he's a great guy. But it's just it's just not enough. We got to fill this roster with guys that you know can feed off a book that will pay attention, that will play hard on every play. And in a league where centers are winning the championships, it's it's tough to have that guy as your center right now in the NBA. I think. I mean, what are you going to replace him with? I don't know. But I think the Suns just need to move on, and it sucks. But you just got to rip the bandit bandit off with this one. I think this this off season. The way I look at it is price for value paid. And when it comes to DeAndre Ayton, it's just non-existent. And that's okay. That's just kind of who he is. And it's something that we've observed and we've learned. And I look at it like this, okay? You look at the players in his price range bracket. Anthony Davis, if you consider him a center, $37.8 million a year. 
has a 23.7 usage percentage and attempts 12, uh, 17.2 field goal attempts a, day, a game. Uh, Bam Adebayo, 32.6. Now remember, DeAndre Ayton's averaging 33.2. So Adebayo just below him. A 23.7 usage percentage, much akin to Anthony Davis, and 14.9 field goal attempts. Carl Anthony Towns is 31.6, 25.3 usage percentage, and 14.8 field goal attempts. Ayton has an 18.6 usage percentage, which is the lowest of his group, and 13.2 field goal attempts, again, the lowest of his group. And you could say that's the system, and you could say that the way that Monty's utilized him, and you'd probably be correct. And you could say that with a new coach, potentially, they could come in and they can make it more Aiton-centric, and you could probably be correct. The thing that Aiton was supposed to bring us this offseason, or this past season, and throughout his entire career, and we've seen steps of him increasing his defensive intensity and his shot deterrence, and those have been his redeeming qualities, but those... Those went out the door this past year. He had, he had digression in those areas. He wasn't as engaged defensively. He wasn't as engaged on both ends of the ball. And perhaps that's because he had a run-in with Monty following game seven of the 2022 Western Conference semifinals when we lost the Dallas Mavericks. And perhaps that relationship has been fractured. And perhaps that Devin Booker and Kevin Durant and Chris Paul look at him like the little brother who is annoying and doesn't do the right thing and is always doing the wrong thing and can't be in the right place at the right time with the right attitude. And it's affected him and it's affected his play and it's affected his consistency. And perhaps all this change that we've been mentioning on this podcast around him is something that could help him. And it could be, he could be the OG and feel confident in what he does, but I just don't see it happening, Matthew. I just don't. There's no track record of anything that DeAndre Ayton has done that tells me that he's going to have the ability to turn that corner. And, you know, again, some of the Jamsters are hanging out and they've got some the great some great points. Uh, Nicholas Blackiston says, yes, but only because they were used to play. We live in a society obsessed with instant gratification, but teams take time to develop. Look at Miami. Uh, it's possible Aiton's issues were mental, meaning he didn't know the right action to take, not that he wasn't willing to take it. And that's a big thing for me because I think that's a very valid statement. I've said this before. I just don't think DeAndre Ayton has a high basketball IQ. Good, bad, or different, it's what it is. It's He's paid for his physical talents, not for his mental talents. And unfortunately, on a high-functioning team that has a high basketball IQ, you could see it on the court. And I think it's time for the Phoenix Suns to move on. Given the new CBA, given the structure of this roster you have to make room and the best way to make that room is with the best asset you have to do it with and that is deandre Ayton. he's a young center who's 23 years old who is going to be entering his prime soon and will probably be kicking ourselves but at the same time i'm sorry 24 years old when the season starts but you have to like sell now sell now that's the key you have to sell now yeah, uh, John Paul Edward D. Dios says, no, he doesn't love ball. That's yeah. a big thing. You want to surround Booker and Katie with guys that just love to play. You know, it's just, it's not his thing. I think um, when you're in the same situation, you can keep telling yourself, like if DA tells himself, I'm going to go out there and dominate, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it this time. I'm going to, you get out there, it's the same result. It's because mentally you're just in a place that is just unescapable. And he's just, he has to leave and go somewhere else with a new coach, with a new system, with new uniforms all of that, new fans, all of it. No more expectations. Go somewhere, work on your game. Three or four years down the line, maybe you'll be pretty decent. Maybe you'll be a guy that can win a team a championship. Who knows? But just right here, right now, it's just not working because it's going to be the same thing. You come back, game one, here we go. What are the new moves? Nothing. What's going on? Uh, He's like, fading away again. Over and again. So 
you know, do us all a favor. We just we all need to move on. Well, why why did Jimmy why did Jimmy Butler leave Minnesota? Why did Jimmy Butler ultimately leave Philly? Granted, Philly didn't yes, want to bring him back, but why did he leave both? Why? Because those guys didn't love ball. And exactly. Bede grew up, and B did grow up. Exactly. But those guys didn't love ball the way Jimmy and, and Booker do. Yes. And Jimmy found himself in a team and with a culture that promotes that. And what message are you sending to Devin Booker if you're bringing DeAndre Ayton back? I just don't know. So th- the other question I have for you, Matthew, is if he does go, and it's definitely something we're going to spend time this offseason discussing possible places that yeah. he goes, yada, yada. But do you think that he still has, that, that we can maximize his value right now? Because of the season he had, because of the playoff run he had, because on a national level, he was exposed as a low-motor guy. Do you think the Suns have the ability to move on from him and garner back a proper return? No. I don't think we do for Chris Paul or um, DeAndre Ayton. And I think it was before even the playoff run. I think teams know how he is. And they just know, like, hey, if we want to bring a guy in here and spend that much money to win a championship, behind the scenes it just doesn't look good. And I, we don't know, but come on. I mean, it's been five years. We know what the fuck's going on, right? Yeah, it's just, isn't it crazy? It is nuts. It, it sucks, but we just we have to bite the bullet. I think like. that Suns fans need to prepare themselves for two things. One, that DeAndre Ayton will be traded. And two, the pieces we get back, we won't think will be worth it. But it's the way it's going to be because somebody's going to have to take on, as you mentioned, that contract and have to look at the numbers that I just read relative to usage rate and field goal attempts, and just which equates to ultimate impact on the team, and say, yeah, I'm okay with that price for value paid. Now, Burns and Gambo did have an interesting observation uh, that they talked about on their show the other day. Nearly tripped up by man. Not that one. Quite a few teams that would be interested in DeAndre Ayton. No less than five or six would be interested in him. But it does become, you know, you're going to hire a new coach. Does that coach feel like he could get more out of DeAndre Ayton than what Monty got? I think the thing that helps DeAndre Ayton more than anything, honestly, is Mikel Bridges. I think Mikel Bridges is blowing up the way he did. Absolutely. The fact that he went somewhere else and thrived, did well, did better than he did here, suggests, and not that that's all Bonnie's fault, not that that Bonnie's carrying the weight of the world on his shoulders. He's not not to be blamed for everything. But I imagine there are some people around the NBA who are looking at Mikel Bridges and going, okay, he might have been a little misused in Arizona, and now that he's not in Arizona, look at what he's doing with Brooklyn. That's... To me, the appeal of DeAndre Ayton is like, you could be getting yourself the next Mikel Bridges. Any validity to that statement? Okay, yeah, this is always a thing where it's like, Mikel went to Brooklyn, now he's fucking great. He was this guy for a month with the Suns. When the Suns needed someone to step up for Booker's absence, they gave the ball to DA for a week. Didn't work. It looked like shit. We were down by 20 by the second quarter. Then Mikel stepped up. He was efficient. James Jones even said when we had that bright side interview, Mikhail won't shoot unless he knows it's a good shot, right? Yes. He never was that guy. Then he got the opportunity. He was aggressive. Then they said when Booker came back, continue to be aggressive. He looked so good before he got traded here. And he even said too in his interviews, like, team's coming back together. I'm playing good. I'm going to be more aggressive. Let's get this thing rolling. It might have happened where we might have made it further in place. Who knows? Probably not. I don't even know. Yeah, but Denver's he would have had the he would have had the option next to book to be that number two. And he is a perfect guy that's a number two right now. I think in the NBA. He's absolutely phenomenal. But it started in Phoenix. It wasn't something where he went to Brooklyn. I mean, if you give DA the opportunity somewhere else, it'll take him a couple years. 
So I don't believe that at all. I think that it does make him more appealing. I don't think the res- I agree with you that I don't think the results will ultimately be there. But I think that if you're a GM, you can talk yourself into it. You can look at the measurables of DeAndre yeah. Ayton, and you could go, yeah, this guy just didn't get the right chance there. And look at Mikael Bridges. He left and he popped off. But I don't think the, the same results will be there. I think there'll be some good games. We'll see some highlights. I'm not going to compare him to this level because they're obviously different players. But like Jalen Smith, when Jalen Smith went to Indiana last season, remember the beginning of the season where I go, oh, shit, he's popping off. Fuck. And then he just faded away. That's mm-hmm. that's DeAndre Ayton. So that's it. There you go. That that, that's so that's we got our new team now. We got we got a lot yeah, of guys. Who we do we have fill. on our team? We, we, we have <laughs> Booker, KD, and who else? I got Booker. I got KD. Um, I have Craig. I got I Terrence Ross, Bismack Biombo, Josh Akogi. Yeah, that's then all I got. I got. Ross too. That's, yeah, that's all I got. All right, we're gonna all build right, it up from here. So, plenty of things to talk three. about through the remainder of this off season, Jamsters. Remember, oh, hit yeah. those notifications to let you know when we go live or when we've posted a new podcast. We've got to talk about upcoming free agents. We got to talk about. We're going to talk about the NBA draft. It's just going to happen. We have the fifty second pick. Guess what? Matthew and I are going to have three guys that we each are going to pick, and we'll be like, "That's the guy we should get." And then we like just completely guessing. Trade. We're gonna we're gonna talk about free agency trades, all that fun stuff. And then obviously, when the Suns hire a new coach or anything is made, we might have to do our emergency podcast on YouTube. So make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. Hit that thumbs up button while you're hanging out with us. Pop over to our audio feed on Apple Podcasts. Give us a five star review. Go ahead, five click five stars. Write a little something, something. Say what's up to us. We'll read it live right here on the pod. And remember, again, if you are utilizing DraftKings for the first time, use promo code at SunsJam. Not at, just use SunsJam. You can follow us at SunsJam on Twitter. You can follow me, Darth Void. You can read all my writing on Bright Side of the Sun. I've written a lot of things recently. Did, did you listen to my, my jam session, Jort, going off on the Spurs for no fucking reason? I did, yeah. <laughs> I'm so petty. I did. I was trying to make a short out of it. Um, just me just, just bitching about the Spurs for no reason. You're going to get a lot of that, Jamsters. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm bored. I'm uncool. And it's the summer and it's hot out. And I might just go on for 10 minutes at a time and bitch about random things. That's the beauty of this. I'm we should just do record it. our lives for 24-7. Just have a camera follow us around. Put yeah. some cameras up in my like, apartment. Truman Show style. Let's do it. It's just a lot of Matthew sitting around watching TV with his hands down his pants. Mm-hmm. Actually, I just sit here till the next time we have a podcast. Yeah, you don't, don't move. move. It's actually impressive. <laughs> you get things delivered to you, so I'm impressed. <laughs> but that's all we got for this show. Again, Jamsters, thanks for hanging out with us. We'll see you when we go live, which is sometime probably later this week. I don't know, someday. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, yeah, go home, love your family, guys. Bye.